Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Uh, yes, it is. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Jam-packed we are on this Tuesday. What a time. What a time this is to be alive and to love sports. The assembled members of the hashtag crew are here. I ran out of time at the end of the hour. Uh, and so if you're just joining me here, I, I announced that for the first time ever, I've been given the great honor of being an NBA awards voter because I host Countdown now and they, they offered it to me and I'm delighted to do it. And I, I'm here to tell you, as I told them, this is something I will take very seriously. So I spent a lot of time and what we got to vote for just the starters. I didn't have any say in who the all the start the um, all the all stars would be. That was not voted on by the media or at least not by me. Not by what they offered me. What they offered me was a list of all of the different players who play front court and back court in each conference, and I got to choose just starters, two back court and three front court from each conference. And so I, I, I couldn't do what I wanted to do, which was play positionless in the West and put maybe Devin Booker or someone else, Devin Booker or Luca. I think either of them could be a front court, quote unquote, front court player if they had to be, and I would have put them in the front court ahead of a third front court player, but that wasn't allowed. I couldn't do it. So my Western Conference All-Stars, I wound up voting for Steph Curry, John Morant, Nikola Jokic, LeBron, and then I picked Draymond, and and I knew that one was not going to be the easy one. And when we went to the break, Hembo, you asked me, did you consider Carl Anthony Towns? I did. Did you consider Rudy Gobert? I did. I actually considered Paul George. And here's what I decided to do, and I don't know if this is the right thing to do or not, but I did... Even though, like, if you're voting for starters, you are kind of voting for a team. And I just decided I'm not going to vote for two centers. I hope that was the right way to go about this. But I decided that's not the way a team is constructed. So I could play, I could, I could play Luka Doncic at the three, but I can't play Carl Anthony Towns at the three. <laughs> you know? no. Like, I can't do it. So Jokic deserves to be the center. And even though they made it, quote-unquote, three front-court players, I think that was meant... In an NBA where there is less emphasis on centers to enable you to pick three forwards if you want to. I mean, LeBron played center the whole fourth quarter last night against Utah. So that's why I did it. And I wound up going with Draymond. It was not an easy decision. Nuno, how do you feel about that choice? Um, I think that was the right choice. Uh, and we talked about it. Like the only other guy that popped into my head late um, that might have or had a shot, and I know he's doing well with the fan voting, is Andrew Wiggins because he's had a really good season, right? Um, but at the end of the day, Draymond makes the most sense. I think, you know, Jalen said, he says it to me all the time. He's going to be the first guy to start an All-Star game who doesn't average 10 points, rebounds, or assists. And, and I think that's right because he's just, he's so important to that team. And I think there's a value to that. So one way or another, I don't want to get any further sidetracked, but that's, if you're just joining me, th- those were the, the, that's my vote in the West. And in the East, I voted for Embiid, KD, Giannis, DeRozan, and Trey Young. So, and, and I, I'm going to be completely transparent about these. I'm going to take these incredibly seriously. Uh, I believe I'm going to get to vote for things like MVP and Coach of the Year and stuff. And, and I, I give you my word that I'm going to take that really seriously because I think those things do matter. And I think it is the role of the media to take that assignment very seriously, that responsibility very seriously. I think the overwhelming majority of people who get to vote do take it very seriously. So there's that. All right, Greeny with you presented by Progressive Insurance. The most interesting thing I saw on Twitter yesterday came from Adam Schefter who tweeted that Dan Quinn has four job interviews this week. I forgot to put the tweet in front of me. It's Minnesota 
Chicago, Denver, Denver and Miami, right? Th- those are the four. Yeah, there it is. Thank you. Denver, Minnesota, Miami, and Chicago he's going to interview with this week. Dan Quinn is the hot guy. He's the guy everybody wants. He and Jim Harbaugh, I think, are the two really interesting names to keep an eye on. And the question here is, for Cowboy fans like Bubba, are you, if it was up to you, would you let Dan Quinn walk out the building and go coach Denver, for example? Or would you get rid of McCarthy and give that job to Dan Quinn right now? I'm making you Jerry Jones. Which would you do? I would rather have Dan Quinn than Mike McCarthy, yes. I'd rather have Dan Quinn coach, keep Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. Mike McCarthy can go. I, think that, I don't think that's going to happen, though. I think we're going to have McCarthy still there, and Dan Quinn's going to be gone. Did you guys hear Marcus at the end of Get Up today? He went, And Marcus Spears is a former Cowboy. He loves the Cowboys. Uh, he's got the star on his heart, if you will. And he was very critical of Kellen Moore. The, the thing I love about Swagoo, of the many things I love about him, he's just very forthright and direct. And relationships do not get in the way of him telling you what he perceives to be the truth. And he ripped Kellen Quinn, uh, Kellen Quinn, Kellen Moore. Uh, who's Kellen Quinn? You just combined the two coordinators. I did. A lot of person. You're right. Co-head, co-head coaches. That's what you, Jerry. That's what think, you should do next. Co-head coaches. I think I was thinking of Colin Quinn, who was a, who was a comedian and did a SNL Weekend Update for a while. But I don't know why. That anyway, Kellen Moore, um, Swagoo ripped him up and down. And, and look, it was hard to argue with the stuff he was saying. That is a Cowboys offense that should be great and that for part of this season was great. And then it just stopped being great. And Jeff said it well on TV this morning. They talked about committing to being a physical offense, but they weren't. They should be a ridiculously explosive offense, but they weren't. So they're neither physical nor explosive. You have to be one of those two things to be a good offense in the NFL. What do you think? Do you think they should fire McCarthy and keep Quinn? I think they should fire McCarthy. I I would put it this way. I don't think he's earned another year. When you have a roster that is that loaded, that good, what you need from your head coach is not to eke every little bit of value out of it. What you need is a head coach who is proficient in game theory and in clock management. And Mike McCarthy is illiterate in both. We saw that throughout the season. I, I, I would move on from Mike McCarthy. Okay, I, I think so too. Uh, real quick, Green, can I jump yeah. on something? Uh, first of all, as a Giant fan, keep Mike McCarthy because <laughs> Kellen Moore sounds like Jason Gira 2.0. It just seems like it. Yeah. But you remember, like, you know, there's been some ridiculous stuff said throughout uh, this whole football season. Uh, Browns are going to make the Super Bowl, whatever. Um, Who said that? I, I don't know. But, like, the fact that people... It was after, me, by the way. Just after, to, to, in case yes. the audience doesn't know that, it was me. Go ahead, After sorry. week one, we're doing victory laps because the Cowboys kept the the game close with the Bucks. Are, like, that was, like, the dumbest thing I've heard all season, was that guys on this show, on TV, was this victory lap that the that the Cowboys kept, you know, the, game, the week one game against the Bucks close. And look at where... Where we're at now well here's my defense to that because that was also me who said that and here's what i will say i was right then which is to say they played great that night and it actually underlines the point i was just making now which is that offense looked excellent think back to their first two games this season they went to tampa Dak threw for what 400 and something yards that feels like a year ago i mean it was almost a year ago but whatever 
Dak had a huge night. And we said, well, they didn't try and run the ball because you can't run it against the Bucs. And then the next week they went to the Chargers. That was the game where <laughs> McCarthy couldn't see the scoreboard or something. But they ran the ball like crazy in that game, right? Do you have these games in front of you? Yeah, so Dak, Dak threw for 403 yards. In the in, first in, game in, against Tampa. And yes. then the second week they ran it like crazy against the Chargers, right? Yeah, they ran it for 198 yards. Okay. And so I'm thinking, look how diverse this offense is. They can beat you any way you want to play. You want to throw the ball? Okay, I got Dak, I got C.D. Lamb, I got Amari Cooper, I got Dalton Schultz, who's actually a pretty good tight end. I got this, that, and the other. The offensive line is good. I can throw it. You're going to force me to run the football? I got Zeke and Tony Pollard. So I think, Nuno, that it felt right at the time. And that is why I think the criticism of Kellen Moore, and maybe to some degree Dak, is fair. What happened to them? Like, for a little while, I was willing to say, well, Dak, he had the calf, and he's, he didn't look the same when he came back from that, but he never looked the same. It can't have been the calf the entire time. He stopped running ever. Like, he never mm-hmm. runs. The one freaking time he shouldn't have run is the <laughs> one time he ran. I mean, did he run the ball at all in that game or the whole second half of the season? He never runs with the ball. The one time he runs is when the clock is going to run out in a playoff game, but I digress. I think there is some room for criticism, Nuno. Of Dak, who just did not have a good second half to the season. How much of that is on the coaching or the offensive line or whatever. But when you're paying the quarterback $40 million a year, it's his job to figure it out. No, I mean, I completely agree with you. I do believe at some point in time, uh, you know, when Z came out uh, saying that, I guess he was playing with a torn uh, PCL. I do think Jerry probably gets in the way of it. uh, And that's why you your offense sputters guy cd lamb i drafted cd lamb early in a fantasy one of my fantasy leagues and he was a disaster this whole week remember bubba yeah, talking about remember about. bubba we was gonna talk bubba talking about we're gonna have three wide receivers with a thousand yards <laughs> two running backs with a thousand yards they literally uh, set uh, records oh, they, and, we did and speaking of zeke i saw this uh marcus Mosier who covers yeah, don't the cost over the fact that i was uh, right we, i tweeted this out uh, retweeted this that ezekiel Elliott has become the cowboys russell westbrook Right, great player or put up great numbers, but you're saddled with him, and he's not going to help you win yeah. a, a title. I, I I understand the analogy. I think it's it's unfair to Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I mean, Russell Westbrook, he may be now. Russell Westbrook has had a a much better career. I mean, Zeke had what three good years, and and that's about it, you know. And then he went down to Cabo, and Jerry followed him down there and paid him all that money, and it was a we said it at the time, and it has remained. A huge mistake. All right, that's well done. Uh, Greeny, uh, you know, you can tune into the ESPN Daily Podcast. Brings you a deep dive into a single story every single day. It's presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily. It's available wherever you enjoy your podcast. Hembo's got a good trivia question for us here, uh, and it involves the super the uh, playoff matchups this weekend. We didn't get to it earlier today. What is the question? I don't know the answer. I, I like guessing at these. Greeny, when the Packers and the 49ers play this weekend, it will be the ninth time the ninth time that those two teams meet in the playoffs. That will tie the record. The question for you is, what record will that tie? What is the most common matchup in NFL playoff history? In NFL postseason history. I like the question. We'll get to that. We're going to debunk some myths. we got a whole lot of stuff going on here today. Stick around. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. 
With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make PrizePix the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepix.com slash Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com slash Greenberg, code Greenberg, for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply this is greeny presented by progressive insurance and coming to you live above the heineken river deck at pier 17 jam-packed as we roll towards the NFL's divisional weekend, which is traditionally the best weekend of the football year. And I think this weekend has a chance for some great games. And we will see some matchups that we have seen before many times, which brings us to Hembo's trivia question. Give it to me again. When the 49ers and Packers play on Saturday, it will be the ninth time that those two teams met in the playoffs. And that will tie the record for the most common matchup in NFL playoff history. My question for you is, which teams or yeah, which teams? Which matchup is currently that record? So, so I think that's an interesting question. And he, here's here's where the way my mind works. Football goes back a lot longer than the Dallas Cowboys do. So the Cowboys were people don't think of them as expansion franchise because they came around before the American Football League, but they haven't been around going back to the 30s and the 40s like the Washingtons and the Giants and teams like that. But there was so little postseason then. There was a championship game and that was it. So it was really in the 60s and the 70s that the quote-unquote playoffs began. So I do think the Cowboys enter the equation because in my youth, they were in the playoffs literally every year. So you're saying that Packers-Niners is the one that is going to tie the record this that's weekend? Co- that's correct. So Packers-Cowboys jumps to mind immediately. But what some people forget is that until Brett Favre got to Green Bay, the Packers were terrible, terrible the Packers went a very long time without making a lot of playoff appearances. The 49ers did not. The 49ers with Montana and those guys were in it every single year. And the Cowboys were still good then. And, of course, they played each other in three straight NFC Championship games. So my guess is that the most frequent NFL postseason matchup is the one we just saw this weekend, San Francisco-Dallas. That is incorrect. <laughs> I could tell from your face I was getting it wrong. That is incorrect. Yeah, a lousy poker face. San Francisco, Dallas, let's see here. Uh, they, have met, they have met seven times. All right, so I was close. They have met seven times. All right, then, hold eight on. Eight times, excuse me, eight times including this year. So eight, eight times. times. And the record is nine. The, the record is nine. So I was only one you're off. You're about as close as you could be. Okay, so 
then, then, all right, let me think it through a minute here. I mean, the teams that make the playoffs every year, there was the Pittsburgh Steelers have been in the playoffs. Do, do I need to get out of the conference? Because the other side of the draw is where Pittsburgh lives. You, you had it right originally in the NFC. I had it right in the, mm-hmm. in, in, with the NFC. Your, your thought process, your logic was very sound. You just didn't hit the mark. So you've already told me, is it Cowboys-Packers? It is not. Okay, yeah, because that, that, that's a, it's not. Cowboys-Packers also eight meetings. Okay, so who am I forgetting? Who, just tell me. Cowboys-Rams, believe it or not, is the most played matchup in NFL playoff history. Wow. Do you have the years in front of you? Yes. That have been like every year in the 70s? I mean, because those Rams teams were really good. The Chuck Knox Rams Mm -hmm. teams, you know, going all the way back, and then they had the Ferragamo teams and the Dieter Brock teams and whatever they were. And they just played a couple years, the last couple years. Yeah, so the the 2018 meeting was the ninth one. They met eight times between 73 and 85. They met eight times wow. in those 13 years, wow. and then again in 2018. Okay, fair enough. That's a good question. I like it very much here. Um, there's another thing that we can do. You know what I like to do? I like to debunk a myth. Every now and again, there's a myth out there. And I, 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 every now and again, the myth needs a good debunking. <laughs> and we're going to do that here in the form of unsolicited advice. This is a perfect opportunity for you to try some active listening. Unsolicited advice. Here's my unsolicited advice. If you are considering a little wager on this weekend's NFL action, one of the things that you're going to take into account is, well, the Packers never lose a playoff game at Lambeau Field. And there's a good reason why you think that. Because for a very long time, it was true. I remember watching the game where Michael Vick beat them in a playoff game. I want to say it was a Saturday night. I remember watching the game. And the enormous stat, was that they hadn't lost a home playoff game in forever. What actually is the number there? From 1939 to 2001. The From Packers, 1939 yep. to mm-hmm. 2001, they never lost a home playoff game. 13-0. and 0. 13 home playoff games, 13 home playoff wins. And sometimes that stuff, certainly if you're my age, that stays in your head. Like, oh, they never lose at home. Well, let's debunk that myth, shall we, Hembo? Go. Give me a debunking. Over the last 20 seasons, since 2002, since that Michael Vick game, the Packers have played 13 home games and lost six. So, the Packers, Greeny, have lost more home playoff games over the last 20 seasons than any other team in the NFL. That is a great stat. Now, you have to get to the playoffs that many times to lose in the playoffs that many times. So, it's a stat that talks about how good they are. And a big part of the reason is they had Brett Favre and now Aaron Rodgers. So they've had first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback play for the entirety of that stretch. And that explains why they're playing all these home playoff games because they always have great records, but they don't win. Did you just tell me they're seven and six? Seven and six. Seven and six. Over the last 20 seasons. Going back to that in the last 20 years in home playoff games. So that is that home field advantage at Lambeau has not been what it is cracked up to be. Now, I love them this week, and I will tell you why. Because in the NBA, they talk about schedule wins, and I'm learning so much about the NBA doing the shows this year, sitting with Jalen and Wilbon and Steve and all the guys. And Jalen talks, and not that this is such a new concept, but he has pointed it out to me in ways I had not otherwise realized. But the schedule so frequently in the NBA determines things that happen. In football, it's much less frequently the case home field advantage is what it is but generally speaking everyone plays one game a week and that's it if you have one extra day of rest then that that we make that into a very big deal but in this case 
the difference in rest is enormous. The, the, the Packers had a meaningless game week 17, so they were able to do whatever they wanted that week. Then they had a bye. So they're going to be as rested and fresh and ready as, as a football team is capable of being at this time of year. The 49ers, meanwhile, played for their lives in that game on the road. Now, it's not a very long trip to L.A., but whatever. They played on the road in week, I guess it's 18 mm-hmm. now, in week 18, and played to the final gun. Remember, they needed Garoppolo to take them to overtime to win that game and get them into the playoffs. So they needed that. That was a road game, albeit a very short trip. Then they go to Dallas. You want to talk about going to the final second. (laughs) I mean, the clock literally ran out on the Cowboys as they were spiking the ball. That's a road game. And now they turn around and go from Sunday to Saturday, and they play a short week at Lambeau. Now, I will not say it's unfair Because the 49ers were a wild card and the Packers got the one seed. And I'm the one who always preaches the importance of the regular season. And so this is validating the significance of what the Packers did during the regular season. So I'm fine with it. But I think it is the difference in this game. I can't see any way San Francisco wins this game based on that. Do you agree with me? Am I overstating the significance of the schedule? No, I think it's as, as big a deal as you're making it. But you know what's going to happen when the Packers start slowly in the first quarter? Everyone's going to be saying, look, they're rusty. You know, it's better to be hot and you know, do the momentum thing. It's always, it's always a reverse psychology there. I think the Packers are the most well-rested team in the sport, and I think they'll win. I, I, but, do but too. I think they'll cover that five and a half. I guess what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. is, if everything else was equal, I would like San Francisco to beat them. Huh. I really would. I would like the Niners to go win there. Wow. At least I would... I would I, I would be as unshocked as a person can be about anything to see them go in there and beat them, but I don't, I don't see it happening. Even now. given the differential between Rodgers and Garoppolo, because we know you don't like Garoppolo. Yeah, but that team, they make it mucky. Like, they don't know how to do it. And, and Rodgers has not handled San Francisco well. It's true. That defense has given Rodgers a lot of trouble. I, I would like San Francisco, but I do not as a consequence of it. All right, coming up next, we have to get to the bottom of something. Something really unfortunate has befallen a member of this staff. Greeny, the podcast. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. We're just weeks into this year, and the news is already nonstop. Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court. It can feel impossible to keep up with, but we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand. So kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC News, because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore. All right, we'll get to the bottom in a minute here of just a complete disaster that has befallen a member of our staff. But first, you said you had a stat on short rest. And normally when I turn to Hembo and say, I need a stat on short rest, you might be talking about like Jack Morris pitching game seven (laughs) of the 91 World Series on three days rest. 
But how about football teams on short rest as the Niners will be this week against Green Bay? So in the Super Bowl era, so that's dating to 1966, there are 31 games like this. There are 31 instances of a team playing a playoff game on five days rest against a team on 10 or more wow. days rest. I would not have thought that it happened 31 times because there didn't used to be buys. And all that stuff is relatively new in the big picture. Like, like I don't know, I guess, I guess the 1980s aren't new anymore. But when, when, I forget when they went to six teams, but what, there didn't used to be buys. Like the one seed would play the one wild card and the other two division winners, and that was the playoffs. There were only two levels. But anyway, so out of those 31 games, don't tell me, mm-hmm. I'm going to guess... But the team with the extra rest, generally getting a bye means you're the better team anyway. So right. if you didn't even have the extra rest, that team would have a winning record, one would assume. But I'm going to guess it, 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 it adds to it. So I'm going to say out of those 31 games, the team with the extra rest has won 24. You're very close. 23 and 8. The team with the extra rest... 23, so that's, they win pretty much three-fourths of the time. Does it, does it say who the most recent team to, to win in that situation was? Like, Mo- yes, the, the, the most the team recent that team that won a game like that was the Ravens in 2012, the Joe Flacco game against the Broncos. Remember that pass, that, like, that yes. sort of Hail Mary? T- that they put was, that was, game in overtime. Th- yes. That was, that was mm-hmm. Peyton's first year there. That yep. was the year he broke every record imaginable. Did they run a kickback for a touchdown in that game, too? The Ravens, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. They, that was a crazy second That half, was a I crazy remember. game, yeah. Okay, so that's the last time that it happened. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty long time ago, right? <laughs> you think about it, right? That, what year is it? 20, uh, 2012. 12. So it's 10 years since that has happened. So we'll see if they're able to do it. A couple of very quick notes that I wanted to get in today before we get on to anything else. Um, we got the Raiders moving on from Mike Mayock after eight seasons. Uh, excuse me, three seasons as their general manager. He was sort of a package deal with John John out. This is not a surprise. I saw a picture yesterday of Rich Bisaccia, who has been the interim coach there, who I think managed an impossible situation as well as it could be managed. Right? You've got two things that happened involving that team this year. I, I don't like to use the word distraction. I don't like to conflate the two of them anyway. What happened with Henry Ruggs was an unimaginable tragedy. I mean, a, an, an unspeakable tragedy. And obviously it has some impact on the football team, both his departure and the the shocking nature of what happened. So even if the impact on the football team is the least important part of that story, it is something that they had to overcome. And then, of course, the Gruden stuff was something they had to overcome. And Derek Carr's gotten a lot of credit for holding that team together, and deservedly so. But I think Versace deserves some credit for that, too. And look, they were one play away from possibly winning that game Saturday in Cincinnati. But I saw a picture Masaccia in his hotel room writing handwritten personal letters to the players on his team thanking them for their effort and commitment this year. And I thought to myself, maybe it's because he has a New York accent. I hope that guy gets this job. (laughs) I love him. We don't have too many New Yorkers who are football coaches. That's not a very common thing to be. You got the occasional Jersey guy like Parcells and guys like that. But like, where's Bisaccia from? Because he has a he has a flat out New York accent. He sounds like he's from like Staten Island. He's from Yonkers. He's from Yonkers, so not, not in the city, but as close as you can be. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so, so I'm a Bisaccia fan, so I hope he gets that job. We will see. And, and then the other thing that I think was worth mentioning is the injury to Tristan Wirfs, who was the right tackle and a stud yeah. for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and protects Tom Brady extraordinarily well. Basically, since Brady became the quarterback in Tampa, Tristan Wirfs never missed a snap 
had not missed a snap till he got hurt in this game against the Eagles. Now Bruce Arians is saying there's, quote, a chance that he can play Sunday in the divisional round. It'll probably come down to Friday before the team knows. And that's why these buys are so important. That's why the decision by the league to go to the seventh team in each league, which I understand adds a playoff game, and that is an enormous amount of money and all that. I get it. I am not criticizing it. But the perhaps unintended consequence of that is that the second best team in the sport runs the enormous risk, or in the league, runs the risk of happening what happened to Tampa, which is to say, yeah, they played an easy game, a game that they, they weren't going to lose if they played that game against the Eagles 10 times. But you lose Tristan Wirfs? That is a devastating injury. Devastating. I don't care who you're playing. And if you're playing the Rams, it's even worse because they can put Von Miller wherever they want to, right? So if you've got Tristan Wirfs' backup out there at right tackle, he's going to see a heap and help in a Von Miller out there, which means you're, you're, um, you're chipping now with a tight end or whatever it is. I mean, it just is going to create a ripple effect of things that that offense is going to be limited from doing. That is a, a huge injury. I don't think you can overstate its importance. No, and that's why I was surprised, actually, that you put Tom Brady number one on your confidence index when we did this earlier in the show because – he, he has to be well-protected in this game to have a chance to win. And they have two Hall of Famers on their defensive line. And the biggest strength of the Bucks. one of the biggest things we didn't talk about last year was that they had the same five guys play all season, and they stayed healthy, and they're all good. Here's the only thing I'll say. Brady may not be able to overcome those injuries, but that does not change my confidence in his playing the best he can play. Now, that may not be enough to win. But I am more confident in him. Look, he is, er, deserves that benefit of the doubt. That regardless of the circumstances, he will play to whatever the maximum available is. If because of the offensive line and a lot of other things, it means his numbers don't look that good, and even that they lose, that doesn't change my confidence in him. All right, there's one other thing we need to do. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. All right, there's something I just want you to know. And that is that while our program is delightfully streamed, on ESPN Plus, so we have a wonderful, vibrant um, television product that, that, that you know, vis- visual product that comes with this show, Hashtag Greeny, and you can watch it not only on ESPN Plus Live, but it lives for the rest of the day. So you can watch, uh, catch up with us anytime you want to on TV. And I don't know the numbers, but I still think of this as a radio show. I'm an old school radio guy. And so I still think that the majority of the audience doesn't see us. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe you Maybe you're watching us all the time. I don't know. What I'm trying to say is I still feel a need to describe things that are going on here for people who can't see them. And so I feel a need to say this. Hembo looks like an idiot. (laughs) You have returned from your COVID leave with what can only be described as some sort of facial hair on your chin that makes one think of the three little pigs and the expression, <laughs> the hair on my chinny chin chin, because there is no hair to speak of anywhere else on your face. I have to believe you have chosen to do this purposely, that this was not just a spot. Like yesterday, I didn't reference it because I thought maybe he missed a big part of his face shaving. Like it's one thing to miss a spot that happens every now and again. You missed like what looks like a three-inch straight line from one side to another, which isn't even fully symmetrical. Um, so 
it bothers me on a lot of levels. It bothers my OCD because it's not real well lined up with your chin. Yeah, it's not even at all. Now that I'm looking it's not at even. it, it's, it's not even at all. But it bothers my sartorial nature far more, which is to say I remain a metrosexual and your face looks ridiculous. So I need an explanation for what it is you are doing and maybe more importantly, why it is you are doing it. Yeah. So uh, like you mentioned, I was home last week on the COVID leave. I was sick the week before. So I have been at home for like two weeks. I mean, I've just been stuck at home. And because I wasn't going out anywhere, I decided not to shave. And what you're seeing on my face now on ESPN Plus is the remnants of that. And I'll have to just, I'll have to disagree with you. I I kind of like it. Like I, I've never tried growing facial hair in my life. So I can like, no, I, I I can see why. Yeah, yeah. So like I'm doing it for the first time. It's been a couple of weeks since I shaved my chin and this sort of sorry excuse for a soul patch beneath my my lower lip. But I, I would like to keep going. The, the, the problem, hold on a second. No, no, no. Mm. I don't care what you think of it, and you shouldn't care what I think of it. You shouldn't care what Bubba thinks of it. You shouldn't care what Nuno thinks of it. But there is one person. Who what they think of it, I think is very important. So I'm going to make a prediction. Before you even tell me, I don't know what you're about to say. Let the record show I don't know what Hembo is about to say. I'm guessing that your wife, Lizzie, agrees with me that you look ridiculous. Do I or do I not have that right? You have that right. How vociferously has she voiced that to you? I asked her on Saturday, as I was starting to really feel myself, as I looked in the mirror. <laughs> That's the think, only babe? one who's going to be feeling you. I'm telling you that right now, I the said, way you look. Go ahead. What do you think of my new, uh, my new digs, babe? And she said, quote, that will be gone by Monday, <laughs> end quote. So she, she didn't even answer the question. She made that declarative statement. That will so, be gone by, and today is Tuesday. Today is Tuesday. Wow, bold strategy. Really? Because I felt empowered. So when I got home yesterday. You felt empowered by what? By the facial hair? Yes. <laughs> I like how it looks, or at least I'm intrigued by how it looks. Or at least I would like to decide if I would like to keep it. When I got home yesterday <laughs> from work, however, yeah. this took a turn. My wife told me that she would not kiss me again until I shaved my face. Uh-huh. That's a problem. Yeah. Um, to say I'm the guessing least. that's not the only activity which will be off limits. And I don't want to get any further into it, but I think everyone understands what I'm saying. I'm being cut off. You're being cut off. And here's like when I took my marriage vows a couple of years ago, I don't recall there being a clause in there mm. that suggested that I would not have autonomy over my own appearance. You know, I'm going to explain something to you right now. You're so funny. And I would think you in particular will appreciate this. Because baseball has the longest rule book of any sport we've ever seen. But what does it also famously have? The unwritten rule book? The unwritten rules. So your marriage vows were written. But the unwritten rules of marriage are far more significant, far more nuanced, and far more important. Yeah, love and honor and cherish and sickness and in health, blah, blah, blah. That's like, you know what that is? Those are the terms and conditions when you sign up for an app that no one actually reads and pays attention to. <laughs> We're stealing to. all your data. That's correct. You're not reading the terms. The, 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 that part of your vows, that's the terms and conditions. The stuff that really matters is the unspoken part, the unwritten rules of marriage. And so I'm here to tell you that you have literally zero chance of keeping that facial hair 
and maintaining what I think you would describe as a happy marriage? Zero. None. Zero. None. That she will say to you, I'm not going to kiss you, or however she actually phrased that. That was the phrasing. That was the <laughs> Okay. She will keep that for the rest of her life, okay? You will go the rest. I know you're planning on having little hembos. No more? Not a chance. Literally none. You have no chance of winning this stare down. And I'm here to tell you as your friend, she is right. You look terrible. (laughs) Whatever it is you think of how you look, you're wrong. But that's not the point. The point is... Yes, it is the point. No, the point is not, does it look good or does it not look good? I think it looks good. You think it looks terrible. Right. The point... Right. Is that I should be able to make that choice for myself. I don't dictate to her <laughs> what color her nail polish is or how long her hair is. So why should she get to do that to me? Why should she? Why? Oh, that's so funny. That is just such a funny question. Uh, Bubba, good. can you believe this guy? I mean, no, not really. I'm stunned by no. this. I'm flabbergasted so by this. Do you remember the, the, the story of the redundant mums that yeah. were planted on <laughs> oh, your property? Absolutely. How long did they last? Uh, to this day. <laughs> yeah, that's my point. As bad as you they are. thought the mums were redundant. She thought they looked good. Are there still mums on your property? Yes. And there will be for the rest of your life. And the more that you bellyache about it, the worse it's going to get. I'm going to give you a quick story. I'm going to give you, Bubba, you're going to like this story. So when I first grew the facial hair, it was for the reverse reason of what you're talking about. We went on vacation. This was uh, probably 2014. I don't know what year it was. I'm still doing Mike and Mike at that time. We go on vacation for a week, and I don't. Sh- I never shave when I'm on vacation. And on the flight back, Stay says to me, I kind of like the way that looks. So I said, okay, I'm keeping it. I go to work. It became sort of a big deal. Someone started a Twitter feed called Greenie's Beard. It became something we joked around about. I didn't think I'd keep it very long. <clears throat> about a month later, she says to me, I come home from work the other day. She says, I don't think it looks good anymore. I think it's time for you to shave the beard. Dutifully. I go right upstairs, I shave the beard, I come back downstairs, and without looking at me, she says, actually, I changed my mind, I think you should keep it. And I said, it's gone, (laughs) I've shaved this. And she said, no, I don't think it looks better, I think it looked better with it. And I said, you do realize this isn't a shirt, I can't take this off and put it on again. But that was the true story, I grew it back, And I have never taken it off. And do you know when I will shave it? When? When she tells me to. That's it. If she thinks it looks good, my mother hates it. My mother brings it up in every conversation. But do you know whose opinion matters on this? Your wife's opinion matters. So when you come in here tomorrow, I want you on your way to say hello to your mums outside your house and to shave that beard. And we'll see you tomorrow here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu.